Hey friends, welcome to my podcast, Midlife Plot Twists. I'm your host, Lucy Baber. In this podcast, we explore all of the totally unexpected ways life seems to change as we inch closer to midlife. Most of our episodes are geared toward women in their late 30s to early 50s, and we talk about things like relationships and sudden career changes, making space for new life goals, making peace with the past, and coming to terms with all that weird stuff that happens to our bodies as we get older. I hope you'll finish each episode feeling inspired, informed, and empowered. I'm so excited that you've tuned in, and don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of Midlife Plot Twists. So let's get started. Hey, everybody. It's Lucy Baber, and you're listening to Midlife Plot Twists. Today, I am interviewing an acquaintance of mine. We've been connected through social media for several years. I believe we connected because our kids went to preschool together um, a billion years ago. (laughs) And uh, you know how social media goes. We just kind of stayed in touch. Then she reached out and said, I've got some stuff going on I want to talk about on your podcast. So today we are talking to Rachel Mayer. And Rachel, I'm going to hand it over to you to do some introductions. Tell us little bit about who you are, what you've been up to, and what you're excited to talk about today. Yes. Thank you so much, Lucy, for having me on your show. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm Rachel Mayer, uh, like you mentioned, local mom. Um, Local to Philadelphia. Local to Philadelphia mom. Yes. (laughs) We we know each other through the magical preschool that our kids went to. And so I've been living in Philadelphia for a number of years. I've been a piano teacher here at the Maplewood Music Studio for many years and have loved being kind of an advocate, I feel, for music and the arts and for you know children being exposed to music and learning how to you know live in that world and enjoy that world so it's been a great experience being a musician in Philadelphia it's been awesome Sweet. Um, I met my husband through one of the other teachers at the studio my husband is also a classical leaning pianist so after working at Maplewood for a while we met fell in love and you know the rest got married a couple of kids later here we are ready to have a plot twist, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, so tell me a little bit more about the plot twist. What, what's been going on more recently? So teaching music was a big part of my life. It still is virtually, um, even through the pandemic, even with two kids, been able to keep going with a few students, which has been awesome. Mm-hmm. And I guess I felt that teaching was kind of my lane, you know, as we were, I was, I was becoming Uh, an adult and stepping into all these different roles of being a mom and being a spouse and, um, and all these different things. My identity with music just became more and more about teaching. It kind of fell more solidly into these lanes of teaching or classical interpreter, or, you know, kind of, these are your hats and and this is how you're going to wear them. But that started to feel really limiting and, and almost wrong as here I was encouraging, you know, my piano students and even my kids to explore music and, and take liberties and, and feel free to kind of develop their own voice. And here I just felt like there was something really stopping me up personally when it came to music. I just kind of felt like teaching and, and all these other roles, like I was saying, were, were all I had the bandwidth for, all I had time or energy for. And that really started to kind of build up kind of this, this feeling of something was blocked, something was creative that wanted to speak up, but there just wasn't time or, you know, how dare I, a 30-something mom with a job, you know, take this time to kind of do something that felt really selfish. But then I realized slowly and more gradually just how hypocritical that was and how terrible I would feel if any of my piano students ever felt that way about being creative or my own kids, heaven forbid, you know, um, to imagine that they would feel that they weren't allowed or, you know, weren't good enough or weren't the right one to, to be creative or to take a chance or try something new for them or something even uncomfortable. So those feelings just started piling up and, you know, there were a few catalytic type of events that just led to kind of breaking down this barrier that had started to without my um, full awareness had started to become built up over a period of time. Mm. The, so shout out to my breakdown of you know, <laughs> the identity that I had built or really 
how I've been thinking about it is the storyline that I had kind of started to tell myself. Oh, um, oh, that like that sentence in itself. I'm like, yes, the storyline yes. tells our, tell ourselves. Go ahead. Yeah, that story was that was not that was not it. It was not true. It was a it was partial truth. Um, it wasn't working basically anymore. And yes, the storyline way of thinking about it really clicks with me really makes a lot of sense to me. So yes, that was kind of the nutshell what happened. So I was kind of moving also further and further away from um, music in general, you know, when you're when you're teaching music, it's like when you're a chef, when you cook all day, the last thing you want to do is come home and make a really elegant meal for yourself. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of like takeout, please. Like, let's just keep, um, you know, this is, let's keep this in its color coded area type of thing. So those things took some dismantling, but heaven, thank heaven they came down. So, so you've had this kind of, you, you started to recognize that you had a lot of like internal obstacles to creating and uh, creating things of your own and Mm -hmm. you started to kind of like look at them head on and uh break some of that down yes I can tell you about one specific story too that always comes to mind when I think about that like the moment that it just like all became too much I was hanging out with my daughter who was probably like six at the time. And we listened to a lot of pop music. I don't know about mm-hmm. your household, but that's <laughs> a bit. We listened to a lot of like fun, upbeat, you know, dance music, that type of thing. And we were listening to some Taylor Swift yeah. on YouTube and it kind of automatically populated after a song we were listening to into this making of a song behind the scenes with the artist that the artist had apparently created and all of a sudden we go from just hanging out, listening to a song to looking at Taylor Swift and it's 2 a.m. and she's sitting at her piano in her house with her cell phone and kind of rattling out ideas. And it was all very you know, un- unglamorous perhaps, mm. or just kind of shocking. I don't know what it was about it exactly, but it's almost shocking to see like, this is where, this is where it happens. You know, it's just, just like at our piano in our house or at our guitar, you know, that we have, I mean, it just kind of clicked that that's where we need to go. And I grabbed my daughter's hand and I was like, we're going to go to the piano right now. We're going to write a song. And I was oh. like, wow, okay, we're going to try this. And it's probably going to be terrible. It's probably going to be awkward. And it certainly felt that way, you know, initially, but she was so excited and <laughs> we just kind of played it for something really simple. And, but we were, we were so excited about it together. And, you know, I kept it going for a couple of days and I was, trying to make sure I was happy with what the lyrics were about and make them work and be interesting. And it just kind of popped, it just popped into existence. And next thing you know, here, I went from a person who whenever being asked, Hey, are you a pianist? You know, are you a composer as well? And saying no, and feeling like, you know, that's not the answer I want to be giving anymore. It Mm -hmm. just, it had happened. It wasn't amazing. It wasn't you know, lightning perhaps for anybody else, but it really felt like it for me. It was one of the most exciting things that had happened in a really long time, especially in my musical world. So that was kind of the moment that stands out as as being, you know, time to take hold of the storyline here, change that's, it up. That's amazing because not only have you now shifted into you are a creator mode, but also you have this beautiful story of the first time you decided to do that. You shared that with your daughter. It was incredible. It was incredible. She, I mean, she has continued to be so interested now in the idea of creating. And that's kind of exactly what I wanted, you know, if almost if nothing else, like let's let our kids see that it's okay to try so that they never feel like this barrier that there are things they can't do, especially as you know, as a female as well. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, I couldn't be more thrilled. Now, now she wants me to make sure that I credit her for all of the songs of mine. She's inspired. She really feels like (laughs) she's kind of the catalyst now. (laughs) Of course. She wants to be in the music videos and she's mad that, you know, she's not getting more recognition. So. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. She wants to do your next podcast. She wants to do your next (laughs) podcast, by the way. She did ask to be part of the interview. (laughs) Oh my God. A few more years till midlife. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, yes. But uh, that's a fun idea, actually. I love, 
I love podcast interviews with kids. That's a, that's an interesting idea. I'm going to have to sit with that and turn that over. But um, so, so yeah, so it sounds like uh, some interesting, interesting things resonated with me as I'm hearing you talk about this, this creative process for yourself. One, I think a lot of us can relate to this feeling of like, when we are kids, when we were kids, we were encouraged to create and uh yes hopefully explore. yeah explore and like try things color outside the lines hopefully a lot of us had some form of cheerleader in our corner whether that was a parent a grandparent a, an other other relative or community member or teacher who was like yeah that looks amazing let's put that up on the fridge or whatever yeah. but but at some point we do start to get that kind of like almost like a film over our eyes where we start to like see ourselves as creators differently. We start to become more self-critical and then we start oh, yes. putting up that, like those internal barriers of, well, I, 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 I mean, I have said it myself. I used to draw, but I don't yes. anymore. Oh, I used to sing, but I, I can't anymore. I lost it somehow. Uh, mm. And, and you, instead you've really like reclaimed that and I think a lot of people can probably relate in one way or another of like wanting still having that want but just not knowing how to get over the hump absolutely there are so many especially adults um who just from working at the music studio uh, which I was mentioning earlier teaching piano there I was also an office person there for so long and I would also advocate at local festivals and fairs and meet so many people who were interested in music lessons and overwhelmingly the adult students who came to the studio to resume an instrument typically said you know I, I did music when I was a kid but I never kept with it. You know, life got in the way, life took over and it's, it's hurting me and I, I need to get it back again. And they will, then they would start taking lessons and, and they and we are so self-critical as adults to be going through the, you know, page one, chapter one of a new language or a new skill. It's really, really difficult. And the odds are totally against you, but overwhelmingly uh, we see in our communities, you know, adults who are returning to art, returning to music. Um, mm -hmm. And because these are things that they, like you said, they were encouraged when we were kids. But, you know, where along the way did we stop encouraging our grownups in our society to also be these creators and these experimenters and inventors? Exactly. And I've also found that it, um, and I, I want to hear more about uh, what you've been creating since then, but I've also found, at least for me personally, diving back into these creative endeavors ends up having this therapeutic impact that, I mean, I, I used to be a therapist, right? So like you would think mm -hmm. that it's like already in my head, like, oh yeah, I should be <laughs> doing more art. I should be making music because that taps into the parts of me that I need to kind of let free. Yeah. Um, but I, I, on, on a per, purely personal note back in 2016, when, you know, the world was ending for the first time, maybe, mm. uh, I, I was so stressed out. And I remember I went back and started taking voice lessons again. And I justified it as like, well, right in this exact moment, I'm not really seeing a therapist. This is kind of my therapy. And oh, it, yes. it felt very much like that to me for that year. And then, you know, my, my life shifted and I kept moving on to other things, but like, I feel like a lot of adults might also need to justify the, the time investment or the cost and to be able to frame it as like, it's not just self-indulgent. It's like, this is actually like the oxygen mental mask. health. Yeah. Yes. This is, this is the yes. self care that like could be an avenue for you to process things. That is so true. And I'm going to just quote probably Brene Brown, who you're I'm sure you're well acquainted with. Mm -hmm. She has commented in her lectures and probably her writings that we all have this creativity in us. And when it goes untapped, it's not like it just kind of dissipates and goes away. Like it is it like eats away at us. It's, yes. it's harmful to be disconnected from that part of ourselves. And I agree 100%, um, especially in my experiences too, teaching other adult students. I mean, it feels like therapy for me as well. Um, <laughs> going through this experience with, you know, with others, it's just so transformative and literally 
just one of the healthiest things you can do. And yes, all the literature points to it, but then when it comes to us personally, you know, we're kind of bending, bending towards self-sacrifice or bending towards, well, let's invest in, you know, maybe our children or, mm-hmm. you know, that's just, it's hard to justify that investment in ourselves. So yeah, I agree though, that it's, it certainly points us to wellness when we tap into those voices, whether those voices inside, whether they're musical or, or visual or, you know, whatever world they present themselves. Exactly. Exactly. So, so I assume you, it sounds like you've written more than just that one song with your daughter. Yes. So <laughs> tell me, a- tell me more. <laughs> so that was such a great experience. Um, and like I was saying, it was really so exciting. And I felt like I had really tapped into something important and then I needed to prioritize. There were some other things going on in my life at the time too, that I really decided now's the time to prioritize them because if I don't, no one will. And, you know, I'm not just responsible for kids, but my relationships myself. So it was, I was really determined to keep it going no matter what I figured, Hey, if I could paint a bedroom at 11 PM when my kids are sleeping, why not this year? I'll just start writing songs at that time, you know, just finding (laughs) the scraps of time wherever they were to slowly build, you know, more ideas. So I became that piano teacher who would would go teach a bunch of piano students and then drive with my keyboard to like an open mic night at the local coffee house and it was mostly a lot of young men with guitars and me um (laughs) hanging out (laughs) which was awesome actually it's it was such a cool world and you know I'm a I'm a grown-up I'm not some 16 year old in their dad's garage or anything but (laughs) I loved exploring that world and meeting other musicians and Uh, So all of that was kind of starting to pick up uh, for a couple of months or so. And then the pandemic happened and, you know, in March of last year and everything went dark. So I really, at that time, I felt like, well, I've broken through so much. Like there's a reason for all of this. I've got to keep this going. I've got to try. It's going to be different. The world is going to be an extraordinary place for a while. We just knew Mm -hmm. back in March of last year, but it was important to keep it going because, you know, it be, had become this oxygen mask, like you said, this lifeline that had like brought part of me back. So I wasn't willing to let that go. And um, so it's been a journey trying to, you know, two kids home and then partially virtual and a spouse who works full time. You know, my life is definitely twisted. We're talking about plot twists. Um, <laughs> things are totally different than they were a year or so ago, but I've been able to keep writing songs and super, super grateful for that. And, you know, my daughter's still coming up with great chord progressions that I want to steal and turn into, oh <laughs> turn into more songs. Kids have the best intuition. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard. I have to, I do have to start giving her more credit though, if we're going to go down that path. No, she's amazing. Um, so yeah, we've been working on some songs through the pandemic and miracle of miracles, um, not just, you know, hanging out at the piano and and coming up with ideas, but a friend of mine, a longtime friend who's also a producer, uh, randomly, we saw him right before the pandemic, kind of mentioned, you know, embarrassedly, I guess, I am writing a few songs, maybe would you want to hear them? And he was like, yeah. And, and he was that supportive voice who was like, hey, you know, let's, let's talk more. Maybe we can produce something together. And through the pandemic, it took a little while to get things going, but we were able to safely start collaborating and building some of these songs into production, which kind of leads us to where we're at now. We're still, you know, we have one that just came out a few weeks ago and uh, with the music video and everything. Oh my goodness. Now it's like, okay, we got to take this momentum and oh my word, everything we've learned from the first couple of tunes and, and keep putting it forward. So kind of where we're at now, amazingly. That's incredible. I have so many questions, but let's, I'm going to try to like keep it focused on this creative process to keep it a little bit more relatable for people. But I, I, maybe you and I just need to talk. So I'm like, how do you yes. make a music video? What does that mean? And how do you like get in the studio and produce things? Um, but let's back up. Who is your target audience for the songs that you've been writing? So these are details that are still emerging as I'm kind of learn as I go um, in the world of music production and 
marketing and all of this. Oh so, goodness, yes. That was, I mean, I had questions about marketing too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm really tiptoeing into this uh, with just you know for the experience of it. With not a lot of education. I mean, I never did any courses in music production or marketing or anything like that. I'm just kind of observing, you know, what I like and who I like and, and gleaning inspiration from them, you know, musical artists, other people who are involved in this industry and stuff. So since my target audience is still kind of a question mark, I mean, I imagine that I'm targeting people my age, you know, like midlife, maybe on either side of that. Um, and to clarify, chunk how, how old are you now? I will be turning 39 this year. Okay, cool. I'll be 39 in October. So yes, I would say, you know, I guess the target audience is people who resonate with kind of these, these classic themes and also uh, themes of like love. And, you know, I guess, I guess what I want to say is I try to lean toward music that's maybe sometimes to a fault that has a message, I guess. Sure. Um, so like when I first started writing stuff, it was a lot of like, piano ballady type of things, you know, it kind of came naturally, uh, in terms of themes, the themes were, I guess, all these elements of me that were kind of popping out. Like I've always really been interested in literature. So classic literature was hopping in there. I would grab an inspiration from a poem or, you know, a book or a writer that I really loved to just kind of use that as a jumping off point. And just kind of weave together thoughts or musings uh, over time about these different things. Classical music kept coming up over and over again, like not surprisingly, right? Because that was my lane. Um, sometimes I'd just be listening to Claude Debussy. Uh, my husband would be playing a piece in the piano and I'd just think, oh, that little snippet right there. Oh, let's just loop that, you know, let's just grab that and then build a melody from here. And I mean, I just grabbed music that I had been familiar with literature I'd been familiar with or poems and just tried to like see it in a new way and kind of feel the freedom to kind of twist it, you know, or put my own twist on it or reinterpret it. So those themes kept coming up with classical literature, classical music, uh, the Bible, biblical themes that was coming up a lot too, like ancient songs, mm -hmm. um, songs about our heritage, our collective heritage, that type of thing. So yeah, those are some of the big things that kept coming up just organically. And then I started thinking maybe, well, it's time to push out of this comfort zone and, and maybe start, you know, exploring different, different genres. And so that's kind of what I've been working towards lately, but cool. So yeah. it, so it sounds like the synapses are just like firing all around you. Like I, what I was going to say is it sounds like you're not really bound to any one specific genre just yet, but in like the, the flip side of that exact sentence is like everything is inspiring you <laughs> that's well that's kind of the idea I really want to stay open to um whatever is kind of like trying to maybe it sounds superstitious or a little too like woo woo or spiritual but for me that's kind of a big part of the whole world of create being creative and music and and the arts in general so I feel like you know I'm kind of this we're all kind of these tuning forks. And I just, now that I've started doing it, I, I want to be more sensitive to, you know, what my tuning fork is responding to and, and for good or bad. Um, you know, early on, I wanted to be, I really wanted to like have this message and I was kind of intellectualizing the whole thing a little early on, but I still do have some of these prerogatives. Like there's a lot of art that's maybe, you know, challenging uh, but not in the best way, you know? So I mm. wanted to kind of like take a step back, like, well, maybe this resonates with me a lot, but perhaps that's not the message or that's not it or something. So I did want to kind of, you know, give, give these themes an opportunity to kind of like marinate, yeah. marinate together yeah. and, and to see what they settle into. I didn't want to be too preachy, you know, or too yeah. um, bitter because a lot of our, like a lot of our lives include those things and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Of course. Um, but, yeah, but you know, but as creators, we do want to like add value and be intentional at the same exactly. time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and a lot, I mean, we're in the year 2021, depending on how many years you think the earth has been around there's not very much new in the world to be said at this point but that's our job as creatives is to keep looking for the spin the the fresh yep. take 
And so, yeah, it is very easy to fall into tropes and to kind of like find a groove, stay in your lane. And it sounds like you're really working to like expand beyond that and push, keep pushing. Yeah, that's exactly it. I'm trying. <laughs> and um, <laughs> when you talk about finding your voice and finding your genre, like what kind of musician, those things, you know, so I'm working with uh, my friend and our producer, Rick, mm-hmm. who is bringing so much of his own self to the soundscape and his knowledge, his intuition. Mm-hmm. That's become like half of it now. You know, this yeah. world is, it's a total, the, the whole collaborative process. I mean, that changes everything, you know, potentially exponentially. And so that's been a wonderful experience to kind of, you know, co-create and, you know, become comfortable and let yourself be challenged and, you know, feel out that relationship to create something, to bring something new into the world together. And that's where I feel like I'm going to, we're going to be finding our honing in on our sound or kind of that world where the music lives. So it's very much still an ongoing process. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as somebody who has taken on a variety of creative projects over the years, I recognize that like when I was a therapist, I used to tell people like I have studied hard and I know a lot about how to be a therapist but you are going to like bring yourself to it and that's going to like create this like really unique thing like I can't be the expert on you and Mm -hmm. and as a photographer I I know I have my skill set and the the people in front of my camera my my inspiration they are bringing their own flavor to things and so I'm never going to like recreate the exact same photo twice because it is a collaborative process whenever you're working with other people. So it sounds like you're, you're creating your own kind of like unique flavor by letting other people kind of bring themselves into it. And, and it doesn't sound like it's just your producer, but it's like your daughter. It's like the people you pass by on the street every day. It's like your, yeah. your students, it's, it's your partner. It's, it's, you know, whoever you meet for coffee in the middle of the day, like it's all exactly, exactly. We don't realize it, but that is where the magic happens. These sparks between people, mm-hmm. um, between a stranger, but just, you know, a stranger in the street or a writer who's writing to us from hundreds of years ago, or, you know, our spouse or our parent. Yeah. There are so many amazing things, happy sparks happening throughout our journey. Yes. I have found, again, this is like on a personal note. I just, I love talking about being creative. I have found (laughs) inspiration in some weird places, like unexpected given the work that I create. One of the things I like, I like really love to look at actually on Instagram is um, I follow a lot of like, like minimalist architectural Instagram accounts, um, which is like, if you ever saw my photography style, it's not that at all, but like I get inspired by it and it like, it fires those synapses, you know, I'm just like, oh, I I love that. And, and then I walk away and I let it digest and maybe it inspires my work in some way or informs it. So my question is, do you have anything weird like that, that might (laughs) surprise people that you're like, I'm really into this like quirky thing? (laughs) Oh yeah, I'm sure. And I am hundred percent a fan of going down those rabbit holes when <laughs> you're just like clicking around and discovering something that's really like speaking to you and just going down that hole, you know, like yeah. go just take, you know, some time to explore that. Um, there's been some really surprising things. One crazy thing that I discovered was um, on YouTube. I'm a big YouTube person and there's a channel by this this professor maybe lives somewhere in the Midwest, uh, I wanna say near the Rocky Mountains. And he has this great YouTube channel that discusses ancient Norse mythology. And he's fantastic. And I was just kind of like trying to source origin stories one evening and happened upon him. And I really got interested in Norse mythology, I guess. I mean, I didn't know (laughs) anything about it, but it's absolutely fantastic. It's a whole you know, universe, I mean, so imaginative and, and brilliant and beautiful and fascinating. I had literally no clue about. So now I follow this man. He's fantastic. And he also writes his own poetry now I'm discovering, which was inspired by his life in this academic, you know, um, 
world and it's just it's been fantastic so I do I'll anything that's weird not maybe what anyone would ever describe as your mo that's that's where to go because yeah. that's outside the comfort zone that's where something that was foreign becomes personal and there's a relationship then um and it changes how you, you know, how we think about everything else to come so stuff like that there's a woman who um in ireland she's been experimenting with permaculture i discovered her during the pandemic down one of these youtube rabbit holes and she just films her property that she's rehabilitated from like a wasteland to this beautiful thriving um, ecosystem and it's just remarkable uh, so i love those crazy little you know worlds you can find thanks to um modern technology yeah those, that's there's incredible. probably like there's a lot i'm sure there's a lot more but um oh yeah i yeah. mean it's always yeah but just to name a couple it can sometimes hopefully help people recognize like oh maybe the thing that i do that i think is super weird is actually super normal and i should share that with people oh uh, here's one thing here's one thing that's kind of getting normalized and more mainstream but asmr asmr oh, is a big wow world yeah. for me that I discovered when I was pregnant and like feeling super sick and, you know, dealing with like the stress of my first pregnancy, someone clued me into ASMR and it was like the most relaxing, um, helpful for my anxiety, you know, type of thing. And now as like a, when we talk about music and when I'm in the studio with Rick, like a lot of um, our sounds are coming from like, my feeling is let's lean into organic sounds from humans, you know, like breathing is so good to hear. If you listen closely on the radio, breathing is in most pop music. Mm-hmm. Um, the breath is just such a powerful sound. It just, it does something to the human brain. There's no denying it when we hear breathing, whether it's, you know, rapid or slow or all these subtle things, you know, are a big part of our audio world. So ASMR has been amazing and it's really let me feel free to in the studio experiment with mouth sounds or breathing sounds or just bring this new texture to what we're doing. So yeah, that's a big one. I recommend it for any pregnant ladies out there too, who are feeling tired and they just need to relax and just let their mind be soothed. Oh my gosh. That's, that's incredible. I like, uh, I, don't even really know where to go next because I have so many things I want to say. Um, <laughs> that's so we're like, living parallel lives, I think. Lucy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing is like, as you start to create, you also start to realize that you attract other creatives, and so just to like be around people who are also like buzzing with ideas, it's always like really energizing to me. Um, but okay, so I have a couple things I want to say, and then I have a couple yes. more questions for you. I have three recommendations for you that is uh, directed right at you, Rachel, but maybe other people will be interested in them too. Yes. And also I wanted to say just another random personal note. When you were talking about breathing in songs, um, as I mentioned, I I did used to sing as as a child and, and through high school, I took voice lessons and was really like, that was my identity. And I... I remember feeling so weird as a kid because one of my favorite songs from Disney was uh, Part of Your World, the Ariel. Oh, song. from a, yeah, Little Mermaid. Oh, uh, yeah. Good one. And, and I memorized every breath she took in that song. I could like do the whole thing. Yes. Uh, and that's like, that's so like just knowing that other people do that, just like, you know, it's like, oh, my people. I'm not so weird. <laughs> it's weird. It's not the first thing anyone's really aware of because it's so subtle and so just, mm. I don't know, it slips beneath the radar, but every breath is so highly choreographed in yeah. the music that we listen to. And it's such a big part of the overall experience. It's, especially, it's a- especially when you're working on like more, uh, I'm going to say the word homemade. And that's in contrast to these like overproduced pop songs that are coming out. Uh, when you're we're trying to create something that sounds really organic, I feel like something like the breath that an artist takes is probably getting produced out of a lot of songs right now. Um, but like, that's not how music works. I agree. I think some of the most successful songs vocally, really the vocalist is creating their whole world. It's amazing. So I'll just tell you briefly, my experience with singing has been 
similar. I've always sung for the pleasure of it and was in choir in high school and in my church and all that stuff, but never, ever considered myself a singer, you know, but now that I have the opportunity to produce these songs, like I have, I have to be the one to do it until, you know, we can decide, like shop our songs around to somebody who's really good, you know, but, um, so getting up the nerves to do like a vocal session in the studio was really, really hard. And I was, con- you know, convinced that there were secrets and that there was something to this breathing thing. And um, <laughs> the day was drawing closer when we had done so much work on the song. It was, it was time to do the vocals and they had to be, had to be powerful. And it's kind of the centerpiece of the whole thing. So um, I was struggling to kind of wrap my head around this and ended up one night listening to isolated vocals, another fun YouTube rabbit hole for sure. Listening to isolated vocals, which are really, it's pretty easy to find depending on what you're looking for, I guess. But um, I'm thinking to myself, best vocalist, pop music, who comes to mind, of course, before Michael Jackson, he comes to mind instantly. And I figured, okay, I'm sure I can find some isolated vocals on YouTube. And sure enough, here's Michael Jackson, isolated vocals. He's in the studio. He's doing Billie Jean. And without any of the other music, the world he creates with his breathing, like, it's like, he's a creature that's more than human. He's just become something else. I mean, he has created this whole world with his energy. It really boils down to the energy and the breathing. And like, you can even hear him like stomping in the studio um, which probably, you know, we don't get to hear that in the like mastered version, but you can hear him kind of like being physical, um, to draw this energy out, which is just like the most amplified, the strongest vocal, one of the strongest vocal performances. It's just outstanding. I would totally recommend that's another weird rabbit hole. I would wholeheartedly recommend your, your, one of your favorite singers from, you know, any era that you could try to find some recordings of the isolated vocals for that's such a cool world to enter into that's awesome yeah i'm definitely gonna go down that rabbit hole later yes um so okay so real quick my uh three recommendations in case you have not been exposed to these things yet and if you have awesome um this is like rapid fire first thing have you read the book big magic by elizabeth gilbert i have not okay that's on your reading list now um it is all about the being a creative going through the creative process uh leaning into what parts of inspiration to say yes to and also embracing the projects that strike your fancy and then you just need to say no to eventually it was huge for me as as a creative person whose brain is always going rapid fire to be able to start to kind of like curate my ideas and not just have them wash over me all the time yes yes give them a directive and a beginning and an end yeah yeah or also just say like that was a cool idea but I'm gonna let it go right now because it doesn't fit into my life and somebody else might pick it up and run with it and that would be awesome absolutely oh I love her I've read one of her other books and I've heard of big magic and I'm excited about this yes this is your homework that I will not follow up on but you still need to read it um (laughs) another book that I have been reading recently with my book club shout out to my book club is called women and other monsters it's by uh it's women and other monsters colon building a new mythology um because you mentioned uh the norse mythology it is not necessarily related to that you might find that like what what is this weird thing that lucy just recommended but it um it's it was it's been fascinating to me it takes each chapter takes a different female monster that we are used to like medusa or the sirens or okay and kind of like deconstructs why we know them to be these monsters to be so scary what does it say about our ideas about women in general um how can we kind of claim some of that uh scariness and use it to empower us and also like how can we kind of like empower other women by understanding these themes? A quirky, weird little book. Sometimes my book club all kind of agreed that sometimes she goes a little too personal and I wanted it to be more mythology based and less like this story, but it was still fascinating to me and I'm still like chewing on a lot of the ideas. So um, if you're interested in more mythology based inspiration, that was a cool one. 
And the last one I actually have to look up real quick. Um, so while I'm looking at that last recommendation, I have another question for you. How, I know a lot of people are gonna be listening to this and thinking like, well, that's cool for you, but I still can't. Um, mm. I wanted to, besides the like sense of urgency around, there is a an idea in me that needs to be born and shared and that kind of like restlessness that comes with that. How did you work through that confidence building piece for yourself? That confidence building piece, I feel like it was a long process actually. I feel like that took some months um, of kind of the first thing, just being an awareness and kind of a sadness that my, I wasn't seeing music in my life in the way that I wanted to, or maybe more broadly that my identity was slipping away through my fingers before my very eyes. And that was kind of the first thing. And I really had to kind of sit with that sadness for a while until other things started to click. But I think part of it was just not resisting that too, or trying to, you know, mask it or I don't know. I was, I was really sad for a while, Lucy. I was like, not super happy about what was going on. And, and I just kind of sat with it and, you know, expressed it a little bit, but you know, like, like we were saying, we're, we're parents and busy working moms and, you know, it just, it took a little while. It took a few other things too, to kind of prompt that final break, you know, um, just the realization that unlike children, no one's necessarily going to encourage grownups to, you know, follow your dreams and, uh, you know, try these wild, seemingly wild notions that we have no bus- business doing, according to our inner critic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was the conversations like the one we're having now, though, too, with people who who really essentially are lovely people and they care about you and they're interested in, in your story. So, you know, I was living in this musical world and teaching music and, you know, ironically encouraging others to kind of, you know, take the time and tap into this expressive part of themselves. So I think it was a, it was a little while of, and the confidence still is not necessarily there. And that's another thing. Um, the confidence thing is kind of like, I finally had to say, it's going to be embarrassing. I guess that was the bottom line. And that was my biggest ego hurdle was I'm going to look like a fool. And I just had to say, fine, I'm a fool now. Here, everybody, I'm a big old farting fool. So (laughs) you know what? If you don't like it, fine. You know, best to you. This music isn't for you. Awesome. But hey, like this is this is how it's going to be. So that that fear was maybe the biggest one. But once I realized that you know, the fool is not so bad. Um, the fool gets a bad rap, speaking of mythologies, but is always <laughs> in the stories, the one where the world is turning upside down, that's the one that starts to make sense. We look to the fools, right? We look to the crazy prophets in the desert, like, you know, we look to the outlier. And so I felt like, well, maybe I'm in good company if, you know, if I'm ready to say that I'm a fool yeah. um, it, and in, just jump uh... in. In the tarot world, I don't know if you are very well-versed in that, but the fool is exactly what you just said. The one looking at the world upside down. And uh, that's not a terrible thing at all. It gives you a completely different perspective. It really gives you this kind of core strength too, because if you're the one saying you're a fool, like what can they say? You know, what's the worst they can do if you've already you know, said the jokes on me and, you know, you kind of, kind of steals the thunder out of those inner critics in a way when you just say, you know what, the whole point is to live and, and laugh and it's going to be weird, but you know, Mm -hmm. it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. The last recommendation I had for you was, um, a cover song actually that I have, uh, discovered recently I don't even know anything about this artist but um there's a little bit of really cool ASMR in the beginning that I think you might like the artist is okay Kaya K-A-Y-A and uh the song is a cover of Shania Twain's You're Still the One oh wow oh my word 
I have not yeah. heard of this artist yet, but so you need to listen be. to that song. Um, there's some really cool ASMR stuff in the beginning that actually a friend of mine texted me after I sent it to her and she was like, that, that beginning stuff really makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> <So> <laughs> ASMR can have that effect too. Uh, just depends on what's, what you're feeling and where you want to be right now. Uh, first, let me say thanks for your recommendations because those first two books sound awesome and I've definitely been looking for a cover song and I love the idea of revisiting Shania Twain through this <laughs> new lens because she had some great songs I mean I loved her album when it came out in the late 90s oh, so yeah. yep. it's really good I mean if your listeners would be interested in checking out the song that's streaming on Spotify now the latest yes. release yes, I mean maybe you then. could we could cut to a portion of that yeah I think uh I think that'd be awesome I uh, do you want to like play it right now and chat on it or I am going to play I don't know whatever feels like a sure. good amount of song for this purpose so tell me where I can find you on Spotify sure so if you look up Rachel Mayer M-A-Y-E-R mm-hmm. the song the new one is called every single song Sweet. And uh, I, so I just went through this search process in live real time. Uh, and so for anybody who's like confused about, cause there's like Rachel Mayer, there's Rachel Mazer, there's a bunch of Rachel Mayer profiles. Uh, Rachel Mayer, the artist is the first one that pops up. And currently you have a black and white photo of yourself as your profile picture. So yes. That is, that's the one I'm clicking on. Yes. And you said the the single you'd like to play is every single song? Yep, exactly. Okay. When you're around, my brain goes to the clouds And I get a little carried away My train of thoughts unwound It's a little scary in a good way You contain additive chemicals I crave to my core there because that felt like a really good stopping point. Cool. That was incredible. <laughs> I'm so glad you like it. Oh, I, I can't believe that a person that I know made those sounds. What? <laughs> Whoa. That's the Michael Jackson influence. I'm telling you that was such an eye opener. But um thank you. I That's love this song. So cool. So so what's what's the song about? What what was the inspiration for this this one? So, you know, what's so crazy. I was listening or talking about the song, You're So Vain by Carly <laughs> Simon uh-huh. and like just thinking that kind of dwelling on that song one afternoon. And in my mind, I'm like, how, you know, I'm playing out this imaginary conversation between Carly Simon and whoever the song was written about. She's never <laughs> revealed. We mm-hmm. think it's Warren Beatty, but we don't really know. So I'm imagining <laughs> You know, this conversation where, you know, she's like, you're so vain and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, well, isn't it about me? You know, and it kind of was this like cheeky conversation. And I'm like, that's just so cheeky and cold, sarcastic. And I'm just going to write it down. Um, (laughs) And that's because that's what I had started doing at that point in time. I'm like, I'm just going to have this compost bin of ideas. And if something starts to sprout out of them, that's going to become a song, you know. So thinking about that, thinking about kind of like. The underdog, you know, who is kind of like, you know, obsessed with somebody has like really like loving someone, but they're unattainable or they don't feel confident. And I feel like we've all been that person probably, even if it was (laughs) when we were younger. And, you know, so I was kind of going with that feeling and kind of that, well, you know what, we're just going to put it all on the line and we're just going to go into confessional mode because like same kind of vibe behind the whole fool 
thing, you know, like you, it's, it's your emotions. It's, it's love. It's pure love, right? We've got to be a champion of love, even in the face of like absolutely no chance, or at least that's what they say in the movies. So that's kind of where the inspiration for the song came from. In my mind, I'm at the piano writing it out. And I'm thinking this is going to be a great pop song, you know, and I wanted the lyrics to be kind of classic, like a, a man could sing them, a woman could sing them. It's not specifically about you know, any one thing. It's about kind of all of us and, you know, that feeling of just being so swept up by somebody. So that was kind of what happened and came up with a really kind of repetitive, um, you know, uh, chorus. And and I felt like, oh, this could be a cool pop song. And then when we got to the studio and it was time to like bring it to life, just thought, well, you know, in this modern language of radio, there's all these elements, like if this song is going to speak to the widest potential audience, you know, it has to be in this language of radio. It has to be in our modern sound palette, right? Mm-hmm. With all of these kind of manipulated sounds and, but also integrated with that, a lot of raw sounds as well, like breathing and, you know, organic, like Rick was at the mic doing, shh, shh, you know, <laughs> that ended up sounding so, so good. Um, so yeah, that was kind of, the uh the spark behind that one that's so exciting and this is what you have a video out for as well and there is a video as well so my brother-in-law he's uh been a performing artist for a while he's been in several bands and he has a lot more experience with the production end and of music so he was saying you know if you really want your songs to reach potential fans or, you know, to reach as many people as possible, you have to have audio, you have to have video with your audio these days. It's a visual world. I mean, we're all on Instagram and TikTok and that's what, you know, our modern, you know, listener needs to maybe even discover your song. So it'll just help your, it'll just help you go further. And he was right, you know, and I really felt like, well, there's like no budget for this. Uh, how does something like this even happen? You know, where do you go for a music video? And and mm-hmm. I kind of naively emailed a production company in Philadelphia and the secretary wrote right back to me. She's like, Hun, we are booked for months, but she's like, I know about this Slack board. And if you want, I can put your email up there. There's a lot of directors of photography who are just looking for a passion project. You never know. And of course I'm like, yeah, please. And thank you. And she was awesome. And she wrote back, she's like, PS, I checked out your Facebook page and it's awesome. And she's like, I used to play the piano, you know, she's like, you go girl. That was just so Oh my gosh. Yes. So she, shout out to this lady. Oh my word. So she puts my email somewhere. I don't even know where. And all of a sudden I'm getting all these emails from like local artists, local photographers and videographers who are like, Hey, tell me about your project. Uh, I'm interested. And really started clicking with this one guy in particular, Danny Belenke. And he was like right on it. Um, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, now we need a concept and actors and locations and like, what, what's going on here? This is insane. And, and it was crazy, but it did all, it came together and he, he really showed up. We had several like, distant and safe meetings and we talked about a concept and um, he's also, you know, like in his thirties, he has two kids and he, he was just fantastic. I mean, wow. I'm still pinching myself that it even happened and it might be a little goofy, but Hey, I'm really happy with how it turned out. And it totally rides on this idea of the fool kind of being a champion of love and being the one to listen to in the end. Uh, there's a lot of Buster Keaton references. Hopefully oh my gosh, he's amazing. not rolling in his grave. I could not, <laughs> no one can pull off the deadpan. No one. Um, <laughs> but it's, he so inspires a lot of the video. And it was shot here in my neighborhood too, which is like, it's kind of an homage to, you know, our, our moment here in Philadelphia. The actors are, you know, myself. My husband plays the love interest and his dad plays a passerby or like it's a family affair for sure oh my god a bit it came together and i couldn't be more grateful and super thrilled with how it turned out i hope you love it yeah i think you will i'm so excited to see this um so i'm gonna give you a chance to share where people can follow you in just a minute but before i get to that i at the end of every single one of my podcast episodes i ask the same question um so kind of bringing it back to the audience and bringing it back to the whole like midlife plot twist thing. 
if you could go back and tell, say anything to your younger self, what do you wish that you could say? Hmm. If you need something to jog that, uh, that re- response, another topic that I could spend hours talking about, but I heard you say a couple of times is this idea of reconnecting with a part of you that was lost. Mm, yes. Specifically, um, as two mothers talking to each other of children who are now getting a little older and I feel like I have a lot more breathing room right now than I ever did the past 10 Mm. years. So you can, you can speak to like your younger, younger self, or also that like mom side that kind of overrode a lot of the other stuff for the past couple of years. Yes. Okay. Here's what we'll say to both those selves Mm -hmm. um, or my younger self, uh, all of the above. It'll, we'll just keep it short and sweet. Stay awkward. That phrase, that phrase has been coming up. Uh, I follow a wonderful graphic artist on Instagram. Casual society is her handle. And she does a lot of really great printings and they're just really succinct, just like thoughts, quips. And that one really resonates with me. And that's definitely my message. Um, because yeah. And the journey to adulthood, we decide, you know, to kind of neuter parts of ourselves, um, that don't fit with the new, you know, what's expected or, or, you know, our new kind of cultures, microcultures that we're finding ourselves in. That I think is a good message. I feel like my younger self would have been shocked at how like unawkward and normal-ish I've started to go, you know, um, our younger self was the one who was kind of, you know, like kids should be more free, right. Or a little bit more searching or experimental. And, and so that's an important part to keep alive the part that's not too afraid to do things or too concerned about opinions or you know that type of thing so I'm gonna go with stay awkward I love that (laughs) um I will like I really love that I will say I uh immediately took to Instagram to look up this person and there are lots of accounts that don't seem to be what you're referring to could you quick uh fact check that yeah. handle just so that we make sure we're not sending people to some other yes. weird thing. It's casual, C-A-S-U-A-L dot society, which is spelled S-O-C-I-E-T-E-E. Perfect. Yeah. The dot is what I was missing. Um, how yeah. can people follow your work and find out what you're up to next? Okay. So I know a lot of people listen to music in different ways or through different, you know, streaming options. I'm definitely on YouTube and that's where you can find the music video as well. It's on my channel, Rachel Mayer music, um, on YouTube. And that's the same for I'm on Instagram. I'm barely on TikTok, but I have started TikTok, Instagram and Facebook, Rachel Mayer music. And the icon is the same. It's the black and white image with the Buster Keaton hat. Just a poor, yes, just me. So if you're seeing black and white Buster Keaton hat, you're in place. Um, so you can follow me at any one of those channels. I'm also on Spotify too. If you stream music, please check out um, my song on Spotify. Rachel and, and are you planning on um, playing anything live in the next couple of months locally for Philadelphia people? I definitely am planning on playing live a little bit. Um, I've only done one gig since things have started to reopen at the amazing Attic Brewery. Yeah. They, were, they are fantastic and they are definitely ramping up the live music. I would love to do another session there. There's some other cool um, breweries and, and coffee shops too that are reopening here in our neighborhoods like Mount Airy, Germantown, Chestnut Hill. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would love to get out there and do more and get back to doing some live streams as well too, because those were a lot of fun to do. And I really enjoyed other artists and musicians live streaming, especially through the pandemic. I felt like that was kind of, um, you know, gave us an extra plug of courage there. Yeah. Um, so maybe do some more live streaming, but for sure, I will let you know if I have some gigs upcoming, but yeah. Awesome. Yeah, please do. And, uh, and I guess people can also follow you on those other platforms and they will get notified of any cool things. Yes. Please follow along for any future live streams. And I will definitely, um, hit up the social media with any upcoming performances. Sweet. Well, 
this has been incredible. I am like so excited to see what you do next. I um, like really want to hear you sing now too. Oh my gosh. See, oh I'm my like, gosh. Ugh. Yeah, that, that'll be a little while. It's, I'm pretty rusty, but maybe this, uh, this conversation will spark that thing that needs to bring me back. We'll see. <laughs> Absolutely. You have a great speaking voice. You have a beautiful voice. You can just tell, you know, you got to sing, got to, got to let her loose. I didn't know I was going to be getting called out on this show. Hold on a second. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you very much. Um, even, you know, even if it's just for you or for your kids, I mean, it goes a long way. So yeah, that's true. I mean, my neighbors will tell you that I do plenty of singing for myself. <laughs> nice. Awesome. All right. Well, I would love I... to. No pressure. No pressure. But um, <laughs> you can make a vid, put it online. I mean, it's inspiring. It's inspiring. It, it definitely is a passion of mine. So, so we'll see. Yeah. I, I have learned at the age of 39 to not rule out anything. So exactly. who knows? Maybe. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. I really hope that, uh, everybody that listens to this ends up messaging me and saying all of the cool projects that they plan to take on now. I know that a lot of my friends are in very similar creative situations and um, they just need that little shove. So um, I'm excited to hear that feedback. Hopefully you will too. And uh, please, you know, feel free to share this far and wide with people who need it. Oh my word. Absolutely. I think this is just great. These, these are the stories that really need to be heard and shared and because it's really everyone's story. And, um, thank you so much for having me as a guest. It's been my pleasure to talk about music and our, our plot twists and our lives to this point. And I'm so excited for what's coming next. Awesome. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks so much, Lucy. Take care. You too. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Midlife Plot Twists. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and show some extra love by leaving a review. I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on my website at lucybaberphotography.com or on Instagram at lucybaber. Thank you so much for joining me and I can't wait to chat again soon. Until next time. <laughs>